You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Good afternoon. Welcome to Fantasy Football Frenzy. My name is Tony Sincata, and yes, we're talking football as we're getting you ready, we're getting you prepared for draft coming up. We got fantasy football teams going and making drafts, and we also got Jesus. A lot of trades going on this year. A lot of free agency signings. So we've got you covered here in the next couple hours. So each week you can download the show on iTunes, Google Play. Make sure you hit subscribe. Get it delivered to your phone. Every time there's a show, you will get it. And, of course, the number one story for a lot of people has been the talk, the concern about the New York Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. And it looked for a bit that there was going. We've heard some rumblings involving the Cleveland Browns. And now, according to SNY's Ralph Vaccaio, it reports highly unlikely Odell Beckham Jr. is traded. Uh, Vaccaio credits a highly placed team source Monday, marking an important day in the Beckham saga as the Giants' voluntary offseason program is set to begin. Head coach Pat Shermer has gone on record saying he expects his star receiver to be there. Eddie Absence would shed light to the NFL Network's report that Beckham will hold out until he receives a new contract. So this is going to be interesting here if he shows up for these OTAs. This seems like it could be the make-up break point between the Giants and Beckham. Here's the thing, though, is that you look at it and you say, we got Odell Beckham Jr. And I remember when the Giants drafted it, people thought it was a little bit early. And this is one they nailed. We give the Giants front office over the last few years a lot of negative press because of some mistakes they made. But they nailed it with this one. And yet, how do you let them go? How do you let them go? for a first-round draft pick, two first-round draft picks. They have to be pretty early in the draft, and there's not an Odell Beckham Jr. in every draft, right? So how do you let a guy go? And sometimes you have to put up with the shenanigans because the talent's just amazing. And it's supposed to be a team game. And you're supposed to do it all for the team. But if you don't have playmakers, you can't win in this league. And they showed it last year, man. It was terrible. That offense was terrible without Beckham. And then you look at the wide receiver position, and you think maybe, you know, they're they're okay at wide receiver. Uh, and we got Sterling Shepard. Everybody expected Brandon Marshall to be good. But no, there's no Odell Beckham Jr., man. No Odell Beckham Jr. And there's not a lot of wide receivers with a lot of promise in this draft. So I'm just looking at it like this saying, hey, how the hell are they going to do this? Right? It's just crazy. So Odell Beckham Jr., I expect... To be a New York football giant. And that'd be interesting though. If he did go to Cleveland or another team out there. What does it do for Beckham Jr.'s. Value. When it comes to fantasy. I would think. That it's not going to take a hit. Any place he goes. Because hell he's an elite player. He's just going to be one of those guys. And we'll have to get it on there. And we'll have to be ready. And raring to go. So don't worry about Odell Beckham Jr.'s value. You pick him, regardless of where he ends up, that's where he plays, and that's how he puts it along. So Odell Beckham Jr., a story we'll be watching this week for sure, right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. And, of course, you check us out every Sunday, noon Eastern to 2 p.m., and, of course, get all the information on iTunes, Google Play, and hit subscribe, subscribe. You know, one of the craziest things that is is that – Baseball fans get so pissed off, so pissed off about the steroid things in baseball, right? In football, it's just a notation. 
it's just a notation. The NFL has suspended wide linebacker Thomas Davis four games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. The suspension reportedly from a non-HGH banned supplement, and it'll be an early season blow for Carolina. Like, nobody is going to talk about keeping Thomas Davis out of the Hall of Fame. Nobody's going to say, oh, he's a cheater. Like, we don't even kill the teams that win Super Bowls with these suspended players. It's a whole different sport. So we have whole different morals when it comes to football and baseball. I think we throw our morals out the window when it comes to fantasy football. Well, if there was any chance you thought the Cleveland Browns were not going to pick a quarterback, those days are gone because they've gone out of their way to trade every backup quarterback that they have. And that continued this weekend when the Redskins acquired quarterback Kevin Hogan for the Browns for a 2018 sixth-round draft pick. Cleveland is also sending a sixth-round pick, so Washington only moves down 17 spots. It's a low-cost shot. And I'll tell you what, our man, Corey Parson, who will be with us a little bit later in the show, his guy Colt McCoy now has got a little... uh, Training camp battle for the backup job there. little training camp battle there. The Chiefs are bringing in running back free agent Kerwin Williams for a workout. Uh, Kerwin is way past the uh, time. I don't think that works out. All Sean Jeffrey is hoping he'll be ready for preseason. He remains in a sling but hopes to be ready for the preseason. He's six weeks removed from surgery to repair a tone rotator cuff in his right shoulder and has already been ruled out for OTAs. Jeffrey admits he hasn't done much since surgery, but as of now, there's no concern about status for week one for all Sean Jeffrey. The New Orleans Saints... Signed restricted free agent wide receiver Cam Meredith to a two-year $9.6 million office sheet. The deal includes $5.4 million in guaranteed money. The Bears now have five days to match the offer or risk losing him. Meredith would have been a mouthwatering fantasy appeal with Drew Brees throwing the ball in New Orleans. The Bears have plenty of cap room, and we expect... The Bears to sign the office sheet, and Cam Meredith will go back to the Chicago Bears. The Patriots take a flyer on Jordan Matthews, formerly of the Bills. Uh, the Patriots were in the receiving market after Brandon Cooks, and they went and signed Jordan Matthews. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I think Jordan Matthews is at best... 50-50 to make the Patriots roster. And you could look, they trade, they lose Amendola, they trade Brandon Cooks. You say, Tony, 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 how can they be any good? How can he not make the team? You got Julian Edelman back, right? So that's receiver number one. Malcolm Mitchell's a guy that they've been liking for a while. And in the second season, he was out the whole season. He'll be back. You got Chris Hogan still there. So you got Edelman. Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Hogan. I'm really interested in former Raider, former Viking, Corderell Patterson. Now, is he just going to be a kick returner, or are they going to try to use him in the offense? This kid came into the National Football League with all the talent in the world. Can Bill Belichick get something out of Corderell Patterson? And that is something I would not be sleeping on think this is a kid that could come out of nowhere and put up some big numbers for the New England Patriots. So that's four wide receivers. The fifth wide receiver is probably Kenny Britt. The New England Patriots chose to bring back Kenny Britt this season, and he's a guy that's had some off-the-field issues but had some success on the football field. So that puts me down to the sixth wide receiver, Jordan Matthews. And yet, the New England Patriots haven't drafted yet. So, it's at best 50-50 on whether we're going to see Matthews in a New England Patriots uniform. But you never know. He's running out of chances. He's running out of opportunities. Opportunities. 
Maybe Jordan Matthews cashes in. How about some good kicker and punter talk? Everybody loves that, right? You love the good kicker and punter talk. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, signed Chris Boswell to a one-year, $2.9 million contract. Converted 89.5% of his field goal attempts. Pittsburgh's never a team we go and look at for kickers, right? We never go and look at Pittsburgh for kickers. There's one side of that stadium that's very tough to kick on. So he's uh, back with the Steelers, but not big fantasy option. The Broncos signed punter Marquette King, formerly of the Raiders, to a three-year, $7 million contract. And he was released by the Raiders because he liked to dance too much for his position. I agree. I, I'll tell you what, man, there's enough prima donna wide receivers in the NFL. We got prima donna running back. I don't need my punter dancing around, man. Just punt the ball. Punt the ball. Walk over the sideline. Put your jacket on. And that's it. I mean, you don't even practice. With the team regularly. You can't be dancing around like a knucklehead. So John Elway is okay with knucklehead punters. I guess I'd be alright. I'd be alright too with knucklehead punters. As long as uh, they punted that way. And he's absolutely getting it done. Oklahoma quarterback Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield will visit the Giants on Sunday and Monday. That's a good move. So what they're doing here is they're telling Baker Mayfield, we want you to stay in the city Sunday and then come back Monday so we can see if you're sober. Because this ain't Oklahoma, baby. This is a city in New York, the city that doesn't sleep. That's a good move. Giants front office thinking, they're thinking, man, that's a great move. You got to find out if this guy got some issues, got some craziness. I don't think he's going to be the Giants quarterback. I think they're doing their diligence, not going to be the quarterback. After that, he's going to work out for the Jets at their team facility before moving to visits with the Bills, Browns, Cardinals, and Dolphins. The Jets traded up for the sole purpose of drafting a franchise signal caller. It wouldn't be surprised if the Giants hold the number two pick, took a quarterback as well. Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Donald, Josh Rosen all projected as top ten picks. You know, it's crazy to me. And I am not one of these draft gurus. I'm not one of these guys that watch every college game. But I've seen all these guys play. And I'm telling you right now, I don't like any of them to be a superstar quarterback. And I know the problem is that you need a quarterback to win in this league, right? You need a quarterback to win in this league. And I think we're going to get to a situation where people are drafting quarterbacks just to draft quarterbacks. And that's going to be a problem. If you're just drafting a quarterback and you don't get a good one, it is going to hurt your team for years to come. And I think there are going to be several franchises going in the wrong direction based on drafting some of these quarterbacks. I mean, I didn't see any good decision-making. I didn't see anyone that protects the ball. I really will be shocked if these guys are any good. The one thing I'll do, I will say though, is I watched that 
workout of Sam Donald on TV, and they got shorts on, they got no uniforms, and it's in a controlled environment. But he impressed the crap out of me. And I'm not usually impressed by those things. He's bigger than I thought he was. He was a take charge kind of guy. He 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 knew where everybody's supposed to be. And I like the intangibles with him. So, but I think teams are going the wrong way here. I think people are picking a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. Deshaun Jackson. What's he going to do this year? You ask yourself the question. Well, Jameis Winston wants to improve his chemistry with Deshaun Jackson. Jackson struggled to 668 yards in the first year with the Bucks, while catching his fewest touchdown passes three since 2012. Coach Dirk kind of took some of the blame for Jackson's down year, though he also called out Winston for not getting the deep threat more involved. Winston responded to the criticism on social media, vowing to personally make sure Jackson knows how valuable he is to the organization. Getting Winston on the same page with Deshaun Jackson would go a long ways to improving the Tampa Bay offense. How crazy is that? That we're in a world today where the quarterback on Twitter is telling you, I'm not going to forget about Deshaun Jackson. I'm making it my personal goal to get him the job. Are you serious? Stay tuned for more on Fantasy Football Frenzy. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I was talking about Deshaun Jackson, James Winston before we went to break. And it's like, does a quarterback really need to go on the social media to tell us fans he's going to get them the ball? And do we believe it? Is everything on social media the true and gospel? Got Pete Considori here with me today. Pete, is everything I read on Twitter uh, gospel? Should I believe quarterback when he tells me he's going to get his wide receiver the ball? And uh, isn't that kind of weird that the quarterback has to tell the whole world? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he wants to make sure people are confident in him. <laughs> I think uh, I think Twitter has proven that you probably can't believe everything you read as as the internet is so I, I wouldn't take it too much to heart tony i don't want your hopes and dreams to be uh demolished by that tweet all right so basically what pete's saying people don't be drafting deshaun jackson based on Jameis winston's tweet oh it wasn't even his tweet it was someone else's tweet that, well, I, that I, makes I it so it much James more interesting Win- no 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 so but Jameis added, added something. No, Jameis, this is from Jameis's Twitter. This is what he wrote. All right. Uh, he, he responded to criticism on social media. So people started out, like, badgering him. Mm-hmm. And then Jameis decided he was going to defend himself. And he said he will personally make sure that Deshaun Jackson gets the ball. Okay. So, so all right. So How, I thought it was... the other thing. Yeah, it's just weird. Why would you be defending yourself on Twitter? Like... 90% of things written on Twitter are negative. That 90% of things on the internet is written as negative. Everyone uses the internet to uh, voice their opinion negatively. I mean, a perfect example is is the, the Rangers season so far that just passed. I know this is hockey, not football. But it was just bashing and bashing. I probably saw out of every three tweets, at least two of them were negative. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Now, the Rangers, of course... Uh, they were the darling of um, of New York because the Knicks suck. Uh, the Yankees, you know, uh, uh, have been good. But uh, the winter sports, at least, everybody would look at the Rangers. And now they don't make the postseason. 
Right, so they didn't. So this actually, I have a question for you because this happened last night. The regular season ended yesterday, the Super Saturday, as the NHL was calling it, where all the teams were playing uh, their last game pretty much. There's a makeup game today between the Boston Brewers and the Florida Panthers because of weather, so they're making that up today. But they fired head coach Elaine Vigneault. They relieved him of his duties. So my question is, Elaine Vigneault, since he started, I think it was 2000, it was either 2009-2010 or 2010-2011 season, he's taken the Rangers to the postseason every year except for this year. Granted, they haven't won the Stanley Cup, but one of those visits to the Stanley Cup playoffs was the Stanley Cup final against the L.A. Kings. So how in the sports world can the coach of the Cleveland Browns, who hasn't won a game in two seasons, not get fired, but a guy who is— Don't don't kill him. He won one. Oh, I'm sorry. He's won one game. (laughs) I apologize. I'll take that back. (laughs) I mean, is it any better than not? So he won one game in two seasons, gets to keep his job. Elaine Vigneault takes the Rangers to the playoffs almost every single year he's been a coach, but he loses his job. That's that's the part of sports I don't get. Like, this is the crazy part of sports. You're 100% right, and I I don't think there's a rhyme or reason to it. And, And I can even bring the Pittsburgh Steelers into this conversation. Mike Tomlin... I don't think is a great coach. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a guy that has a lot of prima donnas walking around. He doesn't have a headset on during the game, so I don't even know if he knows what's going on with his <laughs> his coaches. Like that that bothers me that he doesn't have a headset yeah, on. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, and, and yet Pittsburgh has built a great franchise in the history of football because they've only had three head coaches. So they believe that you stick by your your head coaches, you have continuity, and people were trying to run Bill Cowher out of town before he won a Super Bowl. People don't remember this. And they had Chuck Noll, who won plenty of Super Bowls. It's one of the greatest coaches of all time in the history of football. So they've gone that way three times. Now, the Rangers are in a market in New York where it's a little crazy and there's always a lot of press um, there. And I think there's a lot of pressure there to do well every year. But not knowing how the Rangers coach, like if he had some problems, like if some of the players uh, didn't like him, which all of a sudden now I think ends up being a thing where it's important for the players to like you, which is weird to me because Bill Belichick's been a little uh, a little crazy. Uh, you go back in time and some of these uh, successful coaches, they didn't care about being liked. They just wanted to win. Right. That, isn't that the whole point of sports? Yeah. I mean, has I mean, something changed? Think about it. Let, let's just take it back to your job. Not everybody likes their boss. Right. And there's a lot of successful companies out there, right? Yeah. So I don't understand why there has to be a likability uh, with the management, with the coaching staff, with the owner, to have a successful organization. And you look at it, and the range is probably overreacted. The Cleveland Browns, I don't know what the hell. They underreacted. I don't know how you can go to work 36 times, be successful once, and keep your job. And yet I hear people now Waiting, going, oh, I can't wait for the NFL Las Vegas to bring out the over and under. I'm going to bet Cleveland to go over the total. I said, what if it's five games? Oh, I think they'll win at least eight. They'll win at least eight. The guys won one game in 36. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, care how many players you're going to get. How all of a sudden, you know, the coach is still there. Right. So, I mean, the other thing I want to bring up, too, and this is for hockey, any sport, where is the accountability on the players performing? Because I feel like it's always to the coach, especially in – Hockey, it's never like, oh, this group of guys are not working well, which the Rangers did kind oh, of clean Oh, I can house. answer this question. But, but, like, let's say the Browns. Let's say it's Hugh Jackson, correct, the, the coach of the Cleveland Browns? Yep. So let's say he's yep. making the correct play calls, but the team around him that he has, the, the, the tools he has are terrible. What, what is he supposed <laughs> to do? So now you have no. to – now I, I, my question is, okay, is Hugh Jackson really accountable for those losses or the players? And then you bring it over to the Rangers. Are the Rangers players more accountable for the losses than the coach? It's just it's, – I feel like the players don't get much of the blame anymore. Well, here's how it works. This is, a great, this is another great example. Uh, this goes back to the business world. Uh, in the business world, you were taught when you become in management level to cover your own ass, right? Cover right. your own ass. And so the players are not held accountable. It comes down to a GM or a coach. And what happens is the coaches get quickly fired because then the GM can bring in another coach 
and then that buys him a year or two. Now, what the Browns situation was is the coach actually won that battle, which doesn't usually happen, right. and the GM was relieved. So, it, it like so if the players are not playing up to their expectations, it's not the players' fault. It's the GM that brought them in. And then the coach is there saying, I got no players. But the GM saying, well, I got the players, but the coach can't coach them. So it's a front office problem, and nobody holds the players accountable. So in a situation where you're having teams not perform well, it's got to be the GM or the coach that goes. That's why, like Bill Parcells, back in the day in the New England Patriots, he, he had his line. He wanted to, he's, doing, he's done so well, he wants to be able to shop for some of the groceries, saying, hey, I want to be the GM, and I want to be in charge of who are the players we bring in here. If I'm going to be held accountable, I want to be totally accountable. Yeah, that makes sense. So now I got one more question for you before I let you get back to fantasy football. Sorry I overhauled this a little bit, but... If the like players it. aren't held accountable for their performance, why is arbitration a thing? I understand with the money and stuff like that, but the whole point of arbitration is to say, no, no, he's not that good. We don't have to pay him that much. So do you hold the player accountable or do you not? Yeah. So in arbitration, though, you're, you're directly affecting his uh, his pocket, right? Yeah. But you're also, but you're also in, in the arbitration process, you're also – Sorry to cut you off. You're also telling the arbitrator, like, hey, look, he doesn't deserve this kind of money because he does A, B, C, and D, but not as well as he should, or something like that. So if you're going to hold him accountable yeah. in that setting, why not hold him accountable in the regular season or the playoffs or anything like that? You know, it's so crazy because I, I, I don't think the arbitration process in any of the sports is taken seriously. Like, they take it more as, oh, this is everything we're going to do to save a buck, like, you know, and and, and, and that everything's forgotten once you get out of there, and, and it's only brought, you know, that one hour you're in there. And I think what happens in, in sports is that these guys get these guaranteed contracts, so the the coach is looking at, like, you know what, if this guy, if this guy isn't hustling every play, what am I going to do? My only choice is to sit him on the bench and have him sit there, but we're still going to pay him. He's still going to have to dress every game. Or do I go ahead and get him? That's the one difference with the NFL, that where you don't have these guaranteed contracts, that you can do some of the things and cut these. But it's not always that easy, even in the NFL. Because what happens is, say you take an Odell Beckham Jr., and you sign him for what he wants. Say you give him three years, $25 million, that's $75 million, and what they all want is the signing bonus up front. And he says, all right, and I get another $30 million up front. Well, say Beckham all of a sudden becomes a bigger pain in the ass than you ever anticipated. And you say, I'm going to cut him after year one. So that $30 million is on the cap, plus the $25 million gets escalated. Now it's a $55 million. And you can't afford that, so he ends up staying on the team. Like, it's so much of a business now that the NFL is the only sport where you can cut. Like, baseball, man. I was talking about – this is a baseball contract. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen uh, for all the people out there. And um, you uh, football fans, don't go away because this is, a, this is a lesson in economics, which is huge in sports now. This is the craziest thing of all time. And this is what the NFL players are missing out on. Chris Davis, the Baltimore Orioles first baseman. A lot of people, I'll give you, if you don't know who Chris Davis is, he's a marginal player at best. He had a couple years where he hit a whole bunch of home runs and struck out a lot, and he cashed in on it. Listen to this contract, which you would never see in the NFL. And this is what coaches have to deal with. Like, how could a coach, if Chris Davis went 0 for 50, there is no way a coach can bench him because this money's guaranteed. You ready? He's got this year $23 million. Next year, $23 million. 2020, $23 million. 2021, $23 million. 2022, $23 million. The contract ends in 2022. Right. But he keeps getting paid. Uh, from 2023 to 2032, he gets $3.5 million every year for the Baltimore Orioles, and he doesn't have a contract with them. He won't be playing for them. And then, 2000, that's to 2032, $3.5 million every year, 10 years. Guess what? Wow. It's not over. 
It's not over. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 2033 to 2037, he gets $1.4 million. So just he's for got not a check for, not, fifth, uh, for not playing. 15 years after he's done playing, he's getting $3.5 million for 10 years and then $1.4 million for five years after that. Uh, Scott Boris is the genius and if anyone ever needs an agent, that's the guy you get. That's that's ridiculous. I, I as a as a owner or GM, I'm going to my. I would never like. Yeah, I'll pay the guy after he stops playing baseball for us for another twenty <laughs> years. I've never, I don't know who, what GM or what owner says. Yeah, it's a great idea. Do it. Sign it. Like, <laughs> I don't that, know. that total, that total of that fifteen years oh. is actually another forty nine million dollars. That's ridiculous. On a I guy mean, that makes great 23 for, million a year. Great for him and his agent, because that sounds like he can, after his baseball career, you said the Orioles, right? After he plays for the Orioles, he could probably just stop, yeah. hang out with his family for the rest of his life for the 15 years. He could live off that. And he's not going to play baseball oh, no yeah. more. That's nuts. It's, it's insane. So these are what the coaches are up to, uh, up against. It's like, like, what do you do in that situation? If you don't play a guy like that, right? And, and this is, could be the Rangers situation, could be any of these. And the GM signed him in that contract. Your job's in jeopardy. That's, uh... but the GM's job's not in jeopardy for agreeing to that kind of deal. <laughs> it should be. I mean, it should be. The when first person I'm going to. Well, the first person I'm going to is you agreed to pay a guy 15 years after he stops playing for us. Yeah. Well. Uh, with it, but here's the crazy part. I would think with a contract that big, right, you have to get the owner's approval too. So, I, I guess uh, so. I, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'd like on Monday morning, that's not just sitting on my desk. Oh, we gave <laughs> this guy uh, three hundred million dollars. What? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where we are. Uh, um, Jesus. So that's the problem with coaches uh, there, and that's uh, Pete Considori, a guy absolutely getting it done. And uh, Pete, Carson Wentz, is, um, they want to protect him better. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I think so, especially because, <laughs> you know, Nick Foles may not have the uh, – But actually, maybe it's not. They did all right without him. I, I mean, I, you know, I said this last year. Nick Foles, does he stay an Eagle? Yeah, yeah. He, it's, he's a weird dude. Like we, he doesn't care about like the fame and the money. It seems like. But Carson Wentz starts. And, uh, yeah. Car- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think in, in Nick Foles, I think if he was a regular guy, he'd be, he'd realize that you know what, this is my one time to to cash in and get out of here. Right. Uh, he was under contract this year, but he's only getting four million dollars and. I know everybody that has a regular job says, "How can he?" Uh, you say he only gets four million dollars. Uh, the problem is, is that Nick Foles ain't that type of guy, and he loves being in Philadelphia. He loves the coaching staff, and he's going to stay there. There's a chance that Carson Wentz might not be ready for Game One. Wentz says that he will be. So the Eagles were going to keep Nick Foles unless they got a first round pick for him. Now, what could happen? Is after the draft, if a team didn't get a quarterback that was expected to get one, maybe they go back after Nick Foles and maybe something happens there. But I believe Nick Foles will be a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Wentz said after tearing his ACL that he has no plans to change his aggressive style of play. But Peterson's hoping he'll reconsider. Longevity is everything in this business, says Coach Doug Peterson. Learn from Tom Brady, who got hurt early in his career, and learn from the guys who've done that yet and still have great careers and long careers. Wentz is an excellent scrambler and can use this trait to his advantage, but needs to pick his spots more carefully in order to stay healthy. That's the whole thing, man. Quarterback, you need the quarterback on the field. He can't do anything for you from the trainer's room. It's always the thing that you worry about with these athletic guys. Are they going to do something crazy, get outside the pocket and uh, get a little hurt? Oh, yeah, we don't need that, man. We need them to be healthy. We need them to keep playing. And that is the key. You'll listen to the Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada. You can check us out every Monday through Friday 
on iTunes, Google Play. You hit the subscribe button, bang, it comes to your phone. And then every Sunday we do the show live from noon Eastern to 2 p.m. So make sure you're jumping out there. I left Saturday out for some reason that you couldn't. You can go and actually download the show on Saturday too. But I figured Saturday you're busy, you know, watching cartoons, going out for an ice cream. Uh, every once in a while, you know, you need a little break. So stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Frenzy, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Getting you ready. Draft is coming up. Wednesday night, we got a big special. I have no idea what time it's on. Wednesday night, I believe it's going to be 6 o'clock, could be 7 o'clock, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Peter Considori, do you have any idea we're going to have an NFL draft show on this week? Do you have any idea what time it's on? I, I'm going to be honest, Tony, no. As, as a unit, we're not looking too great on the times there. Uh, but I will try to find that out for you and update the folks in a moment. Yes, and uh, we'll make sure you got that. So what it is, is, and I, I can't give you a lot of the details. What it is, is we did a mock draft based on the way we would pick for certain teams. And I'll tell you what, it's been a great, great practice thus far. Uh, Mike Blewett put it together. Of course, you heard Mike Blewett on the weekends right here on the Fantasy Sports or Radio Network. Uh, Rich Semernillo, one of the great, great college experts. Joe Lisi, our college game day coverage every Saturday morning on this channel is better than everybody else's anywhere. And you know me. If it sucked, I tell you, it sucked. Emery Hunt is also involved. Emery, uh, he loves the young guys, man. That's his big problem, man, on fantasy football, man. He loves the young guys. Uh, so he knows these guys uh, here. And, of course, Gabe Morency. Uh, so we go we go on this and we're uh, making picks. I've made two picks thus far. I drafted for the Baltimore Ravens in the first round, and I drafted for the Oakland Raiders. Like, they give me all the, the weird teams, like the teams that have some uh, some issues. But uh, you'll have to tune into that Wednesday night to hear my picks. I do have uh, some New England Patriots picks coming up, too, in the draft uh, here. So I look forward to those. I will give you a little taste of this. I do not believe the Patriots will draft a quarterback in the first round. Um, All this talk, and there's a lot of talk out there about Sam Rosen, and he's going to be the guy uh, that they're going to go out there and draft. I'll tell you what. I think the Patriots are going to go out and take the best player available, and they are not going to take a quarterback in the first round. Would they take one a little later? I said Sam Rosen earlier. I meant Josh Rosen. Of course, Sam Rosen, the the announcer in my head. Um, Josh Rosen, this is a guy that Josh Rosen that's all over the map this year, right? And I think he's going to go very early because you know why? There's too much negative press. And I think the negative press is brought up by teams that want him to slide down in the draft. So, oh, he's got outside interest, outside of football. Oh, that's that's a big problem. I mean, it's the craziest thing in the world. So what I'm thinking is that we're going to get this guy pretty early in the draft. Teams are trying to get other teams to discourage from taking him. And that he is going to be a guy that people are going to be looking at to uh, jump on. Jump on and jump up and jump around because we get down right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Other news going on, and I'm not sure if this is news or not, man. Free agent quarterback Johnny Manziel completed 9 of 15 passes for 83 yards and a touchdown in his spring league debut on Saturday. 
His first game action since December of 2015, he was sacked three times in roughly two quarters of play. The former first-round pick admitted he was frustrated with how he played but acknowledged that it's a start. It's disappointing, some of the things that happen. But nevertheless, it's a huge step for me, he says. This is the end goal for me, but I'm having fun again. The former Heisman Trophy winner is hoping for another shot at the NFL. But a stint in the CFL seems more likely. I'm not sure this CFL thing. I was reading somewhere this morning that if he goes to the CFL, that he has to give a two-year commitment to a team. That sucks, right? What if he went and played really well, and that's going to be a you know two year commitment uh, to that team? So, um, I, I don't see Johnny making the. I watched this play, like I seen some of the highlights, and you can say what you want about Johnny and whether he was good or bad, and that was judgmental because he was getting pressure down it and everything, but the play in this league was terrible. And I don't even think it was a real game. Like, I think it was like a scrimmage situation where they put the ball on the 20-yard line or something. I mean, it, it, the whole thing looked like uh, terrible. So that's why I don't even – I said I don't even know if this is news because I don't even know what that was. I, don't, I think it was just a bunch of old guys that got some uniforms. Someone donated them, and they went out there, and they played a little. It, it was not good football at all. So I don't even know what to make of that. Pierre Garçon. According to 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, he expects Garçon to come back healthy this season. He remains on track to be cleared from last year's neck injury. Barring setback, he'll be ready for OTAs. People are already penciling this guy in as a stud with Jimmy G at the quarterback. We'll see how it goes. Oklahoma State QB Mason Radoff will not attend the NFL draft. Mason Rudolph will not be going to the draft. Josh Allen, Sam Donald, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson are all attending. Baker Mayfield also is not going to show up at the draft. So that's it. I think Rudolph's a guy that, though, might not be picked in the first round. And if he goes later in that draft, I think he could end up being a guy that could be a New England Patriot. He'd be someone they'd be looking at. Um, so I don't think if you're not a surefire first-rounder, no way you want to sit there and have the cameras on you the whole time. Good move by Mr. Rudolph there. I uh, give a few mocks for having some intelligence, not to fall prey to that and being the theater for the NFL draft show. Cam Newton was uninjured in the car accident Thursday in Atlanta. Newton's Ferrari F12 was rear-ended by a dump truck at around 4 p.m. Eastern. Neither party chose to file a police report. Newton suffered broken bones in his back after flipping a car in 2014, causing him to miss Tampa Bay. Um, What's your thoughts, Pete Constantori? He's got two accidents now in the last four years. You think he needs to get away from the Ferrari and maybe get a Hummer? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about the Hummer. The gas mileage on those are really poor. Uh, you know, like the Ferrari's any better. Uh, you know, I, I think this is just a, you know, accidents happen. This is obvious, you know, thank God he didn't get hurt um, when he did flip the car and he had the broken bones in the back. That was a scary time for, for not only sports fans but for him as well. So, you know, I – it was an accident. I don't know why you choose to file a police report. I mean, I'd try to get my car fixed, and if you don't have a police report, the guy would be like, I didn't do it. You know, I don't know. I just, I'm just i a car guy, so maybe that's that's why. Maybe he doesn't care. He's got more money, though, than me, obviously, so he'll probably just go out and buy another one or something. Maybe he should get someone yeah. to drive him. Maybe it's him driving that's the problem. Well, the other thing with the Ferrari is is that people are like, oh, Jesus, there's a Ferrari. Look at that. Look at that. And then you forget that you need to hit the brakes and yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'll, that could have been a, I'm going to be honest I've, I've, I've been driving my car and saw like a Lamborghini I never thought hey I got to get so close I'm going to rear end the thing <laughs> uh, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver John Brown has been training with former Bengals wide receiver TJ Huzmanzada in Long Beach, California. Huzmanzada sees huge potential in Ross despite a disastrous rookie season that saw him go the entire season without catching a single pass. Can you imagine your first round pick and you go an entire year without catching a pass? You better get some help. 
You better get some help. If he's working with me, you can bet the house on him, says TJ Hushmanzada, an 11-year-old NFL veteran who spent the bulk of his career in Cincinnati. Hushmanzada wants to iron out Ross's route running while improving his footwork. You get to this level, everybody can run. Your technique and your ability to separate has come to the forefront because you can't beat everybody with speed. Ross logged just 17 snaps as a rookie while battling knee and shoulder injuries. So... John Ross, we'll be talking about him in all the shows coming up, and we'll be hearing the name of T.J. Who's Manzada. I blame the coach. That's a long name. Hey, that's a long name. Like, do you when you get these shirts, right? You put the name play. Do you play by the letter? I for I mean, I know when I ordered my hockey jersey. You talk about the shirts or the jerseys they get because the, the letters are so long. The name is so long. Yeah, the letters yeah. is so long. Like, yeah, do you have no, to pay I, about a letter? I mean, at least with us, it's it's just you pay for the jersey. I'll tell you one thing, though. I got a guy in my uh, beer league. His name goes from, like, his elbow to his other elbow. Like, it just it's so far it has to go on the sleeves. So I don't know how yeah. they got it on there, but it, it's possible. I've seen it done. So I'm sure they'll be able to get it done for those jerseys as well. All right, so there you go. Sam Donald uh, worked out for the Broncos in Los Angeles on Friday. Uh, GM John Elway and head coach Vance Joseph were both on hand for the workout. Even after signing Case Keenum, they're looking at quarterbacks. They hold the number five pick. Um, They probably won't get Sam Donald there, but uh, they're doing their diligence. So let's see what happens. Des Bryant... Of course, it's going to be in the news. According to MMQB's Albert Breer, some of the Cowboys coaches believe Des Bryant isn't doing enough to adjust to his game to counteract his declining physical skills. No shit, Sherlock. He's a guy that's not really fast. He's not getting any separation. What would you like him to do? He would have to be working with TJ Huzmanzada, I guess, with his footwork and his and his uh, route running to get any better. But TJ's busy. Some coaches started seeing Brian's game slipping back in 2015 and has continued down that road ever since. No longer able to run by people or jump as high, something Bryant needs to retool his game like Larry Fitzgerald. There's no question that Bryant is still one of the toughest, most physical receivers, but there's growing chatter Bryant may not be long for Dallas on his $12.5 million salary. However, his biggest supporters are Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. Well, if you make $12.5 million, what you want is one of the biggest supporters to be the guy that actually signs the checks. So I always think that that's going to work out for Des Bryant and that he won't be cut this season despite the rhetoric. And to tell you what, despite his play slipping to a point where I think it's actually a legitimate conversation. And the problem, this two, the problem's twofold, though. First of all, Des Bryant has played well in the past. His play has slipped, and we see a lot of these big wide receivers slip fast once they lose that athletic ability. But the problem is, in Dallas, he's by far the best wide receiver. Like, that's the crazy part. What do you got left? What do you got left? The cupboard is bare, people. The cupboard is bare. Every time I think say that the cupboard is bare, I think about Little Red Riding Hood. And the porridge. And I'm hoping this is the same nursery rhyme. Where they want to blow the house down or something. Uh, it's I, been I a could, while since I, 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 I could confirm that's not the same story, Tom. That's the three little pigs. No, I'm mixing up my yeah, nursery yeah, rhymes. It up. I mean, who knows? Maybe Lil Red Ryan could pass by the house that the three little pigs live in, but I don't. That's not the. <laughs> so. What is the Little Red Riding Hood story about? Uh, she goes to visit the grandmother, and the grandmother was eaten by the wolf, and the wolf takes the grandmother's place, and she's like, oh, Grandma, what big teeth you have. And she's like, all the better to eat, oh. my dear. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the porridge one? Uh, that, oh, jeez. Um, I don't remember the the name of it, but, like, the girl walks into the house and finds the the porridge, and she goes, it's like the the bears made porridge, and one was too cold, one was too hot, and one was just right, and she fell yeah. asleep, and the bears came in and was like, why is this girl in our house? And home invasion and all that kind of stuff. It was, that's the one. I don't remember what it was called, though. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, sometimes I mix them all together. Yeah, no, it was, that right, was a great so one. That, if it was all three together, that would make one interesting movie. Well, that's how Marvel does it now, right? Right, so yeah. We need, a, happen. we need an Infinity Wars for, like, Mother Goose Rhymes or something. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to the Fantasy Football Frenzy where we uh, help you out with your nursery rhymes. Oh, actually not help you out, confuse you even more on your nursery rhymes than we go from there. So you get we get what you get Johnny Man the first time we've ever transitioned from Johnny Manziel into the porridge. Um, it was a smooth but, transition. Yeah, very good, very good there. That's how how we get paid all the big money here is that uh, we can we can bring that. And uh, if you guys don't don't know what's going on here, you can always tune in to Cotton and Friends, nine a.m. to one p.m. Eastern. Uh, Carton, of course, great former guy. WFAN shows have been amazing the first week, but he has to go a long way to catch up to me to bring in those transitions, and I don't think he's man enough to do it. But tune in and find out for yourself, along with Corey Parson, Michelle Serpico, every Monday through Friday, nine a.m. to one p.m. Eastern. Eric Decker is funny. Eric Decker is visiting the Ravens. Um, he's going to visit the Ravens, right? He also visited the the Raiders, and he struggled to find anyone that wants him. Now, last year, I thought he was in a good situation, but I question his health. Like, I think this guy has gotten beaten up in so much of his career that he might not have anything left. But he's even, like, he's campaigning in each city and telling stories on how he would love to play here. And I don't blame him, but it's funny because you said the same thing two days ago in Denver. You said the same thing two days ago in Tennessee. You go to Oakland, you say the same thing. And it's funny because you love everywhere. You just want a paycheck. Maybe just take the honest approach. Say, hey, you know what? I don't know if playing for the Rays would be great, but I really am at the end of my career, and I really would like one more paycheck. Please sign me. Take the honest approach. How that will work. How about that, Pete? How about if he just said, hey, I just need another check? You know, it could work. It sounds like he's looking for votes more than a check with the campaigning he's doing yes. just to get on, the, yes. on an NFL team. What about the Jets? How about that one? Let's return Go home. Go back to the Jets? Go back. I'm sure he the turned. Jets would take it. What did the Jets got? I'm a Jets fan, and I'm saying that. What do, I mean, you can't take a shot at Eric Decker? Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's, I don't know, with the Jets. You never know what they're going to do, so... Uh, there it is. Eric Decker, he needs a home. He needs a job. If you're an NFL team out there and uh, you have a wide receiver position, pick him up. The Chamber of Commerce will appreciate it for your city because you're going to tell him he loves the city. He's always been a big fan of the team. And um, that's a good thing there. You get free publicity from Eric Decker and his Twitter. His wife's got a big Twitter following, too. So it, I think it's the way to go, people. Get Eric Decker a job. Coming up in hour number two, we'll have Corey Parson. We're going to talk a little Deshaun Watson. Will he be ready for OTAs? What are our expectations of Deshaun Watson? It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy brought to you by uh, the folks in the frigid North Pole. The North Pole, every single season, brings our kids presents. They bring ourselves the home of Santa Claus, the home of Little Elves, and yet nobody goes on a vacation to the North Pole. So when you get a chance, go to www.northpole.com and make sure you are one of the families visiting the North Pole. That's www.northpole.com. And get the family out there. Cruises for four available now. We'll be back with more Fantasy Football Frenzy after this. (laughs) 